0: With aspiration, moms are inspirations, moms in circulation, moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 bump. they make a nation, bump, this is a mom nation. Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's Marilyn and Bruce, a montage duo. We are a versatile musical act that performs music from the 1940s to today. We cover a wide range of musical genres and styles including classic rock, pop, country, funk, blues, and even a little jazz. So, if you're looking for professional quality entertainment in the Greater Phoenix area, either for an intimate acoustic setting or a rock and full band sound, Montage Duo will please you and your guests, engaging them to join in the fun by providing an interactive entertainment experience. For more information, visit our Facebook page at Montage Duo.
1: Welcome back to episode 16, 16 16. of Nation Unscripted. Uh, I'm Beth Griffith and we have Katie Lambert. So, hey Katie, how are you? Hey, I'm doing okay today. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, Probably about the same. So before we dive into this week's episode, you know, we always ask each other how, you know, your last week was, so I would love to hear. What, what exciting things happened for you this week that were
0: notable? Well, we had an awfully interesting week. I yeah. think we all can agree with that. Um, I think the most notable thing and the only thing that I really want to talk about is this award that I got this morning. Can you guys see that? You see? It's, it's so a bee. cute. It's a B. <laughs> and I got this award be- from my son, my six-year-old, because mom saves the most bees in the pool when we go swimming. So I'm a bee saver and I have the award to prove it. <laughs> I love it. I love How about it. you? Um, well, I think I
1: mentioned it maybe, maybe I mentioned it last week. I can't remember was last, was I on last week? Yes. Yes. We talked about so. something, right? <laughs> something with some, it seems like it was 30 years ago now, but uh my son was diagnosed with autism a couple of weeks ago. And um, so I had spent a lot of the last week like researching uh, autism and, and just learning a lot, you know, hearing a lot of adults talk about their experience growing up autistic and that sort of thing. And it, it was a very emotionally charged week for me to begin with. Um, and then, uh, The whole world kind of exploded so So, right and so uh I'm really grateful that we're going to be able to have this conversation because it's a conversation that I think is obviously it's a conversation that's been a long 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 time coming um and it's a really important conversation so I don't want to you know spend forever this week on anything but Having this conversation personally, so I'm sorry I'm like awkward this week. But we're having hard conversations, and this is where tissues we're at, are right? I literally bought my brought my box <laughs> of tissues with me today because I just I was already fragile before, like I even hit go on Zoom. So uh, we've talked in the past about how. You and I, we've come to these episodes and we've been emotionally fragile before an episode and we just like put our game face
0: on, but we're not doing that this week. And- I'm really just not able to, I'm mm-hmm. really just not today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh,
1: I am sure that we're, we're gonna get emotional. So if you are some, and I'm not gonna apologize for that. And um, I think it'd be crazy if we were emotional. Uh, But just to give our listeners down the road some context, um, last week, uh, George Floyd died. And um, then we've had the protests in response to that. And uh, there have been riots and uh, people on social media are very, very divided and people you know, social media is just a reflection of what's going on in the world. And uh, we talked about it, Katie and I talked about it and we knew that like, we were not going to have a good conversation if we just had Katie and I here talking about it. And so um, I reached out to my friend, Nicole. And for those of you who are listening, um, Nicole is black and Nicole is going to be talking with us about a whole lot of things today. And so first off, thank you for being here, Nicole, yes, and being welcome. willing to have this conversation. And before like we get too far into this, I just want to say that I'm sure I'm sure that we're going to say something wrong. I'm sure that we're going to say something that isn't perfect. And that's actually the point of this whole episode is how to have these conversations when yes. you might not say things right and you might not say things perfect and so I really really appreciate you Nicole
2: coming and being
1: willing to talk with us
2: yeah it's my it's my pleasure to yeah be here today so thank you for having me
1: yeah so before we get into the heat of the conversation uh do you want to introduce yourself and let people know who you are what
2: you do yeah sure thanks so I'm Nicole Caldwell, I'm an intuitive energy healer and business coach, and I support leaders and entrepreneurs with different forms of sacred plant medicine to help them activate their intuition, so they can heal from the inside out. And I was um, at Beth's, I was a featured speaker at Beth's event, I think that was last year, or it feels yeah, like, so, oh, was yeah, last like, year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, just like a year ago. Yeah. Um, and so we've known each other for a while since our kids were little. And so this is, I just feel like me coming here is just in alignment to share the work that I do, how the tools and things that I've learned that have supported me that can really help each of you just get through this, grow through this, not just get through this, but grow through this and see how there is opportunity in this dismantling, even in the chaos, even in the stress and the unknown, that this is an opportunity for us to really shift things and create what we truly desire.
1: Thanks, Nicole. Uh, So Nicole's absolutely amazing. Um, And I have so many, like a million questions running through my head right now, but I just wanna kind of ask you to start to explain to people about, as, uh, as we're looking at everything that's happening, all of the discord and conversations, everybody who's just not hearing each other right now, um, as well as people who are starting to hear things that they've not been able to hear before now. Um, When it comes to intuitive energy and healing and and those sorts of things, um, what is it that you see that is being healed right now?
2: Hmm. (laughs) That's a great question. It really, for me, what I see and feel, it's what's been running as like an undercurrent in our society for centuries that has never been addressed, that has just continuing that has continued to be perpetuated through conditioning, through belief systems, through a lot of people's lives. And it's coming to head now for us to acknowledge the pain that we've all been feeling on some level. You know, what's going on now isn't just about one instance, about one circumstance, about one injustice, about you know, one person's life. This is about so many injustices throughout the history of society that haven't been looked at. And it's also about us being able to heal our own triggers, Uh, for us to take a look at our belief system. Why do I feel this way? Why is, it that I'm triggered when this person says that. And to really take a look at how we are showing up in our lives with our friends, our families and in our communities. And to take a look at our patterns and really to take personal responsibility as well. And to then begin linking arms with other people and being a part of the change. Because it's one thing, right? To like talk about things Mm -hmm. in your own home. And it, I totally believe one person can make a difference, but it takes all of us banding together to make the biggest impact that we can make. And it's only gonna happen if we are going within and looking at our triggers and how we're showing up ultimately.
0: hmm I totally agree. Um, you know, Beth, and this is why the tissues are out, You know, I shared with you an incident that happened to me over over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and I was sitting with a a family member, and uh, the conversation came up, as I'm sure is coming up in everybody's dinner table, and the way I see it is there was not even a difference of opinion, but there was an assumption that there was a difference of opinion. And this family member in my home yelled at me and labeled me as something I am not because there must've been some sort of trigger there and they just shut off and didn't listen. How do we continue in relationships with others, with family members, with friends, with people we work with? And how are we able to have these conversations where we can be vulnerable, where we can come, you know, from hopefully a place of love and just sharing, hey, this is my thoughts and my feelings without triggering the other person, or, or I guess it's on them. Like, how how do we listen to others and not feel triggered? I'm just trying to find an answer for this. I don't, I don't want it to destroy a wonderful relationship. And I I'm scared and I feel very attacked and I'm just trying to work through it. And that's how this came up. Well, I mean, another, a bunch of other reasons, but that's how Beth and I first got on the topic. And I'm just like, how do you do that? How, how do you sit and, I guess it's just a personal thing.
2: Yeah, I just, I appreciate your vulnerability, Katie and sharing that story um, with us and your experience and, It is individual, right? Like, and like you said, we can't control how other people are going to react and we can't control their triggers. Ultimately, you know, it's all we can do is control how we're delivering the conversation. And I feel like, you know, especially when we know there's these sensitive topics is prefacing the conversation with, you know, I know we, this is a sensitive topic. And you, I'm gonna just come from my point of view and my perspective and it may, be, it may trigger you or you may not agree with this, but I want you to know I'm coming from a place of love and I would like you to hear me you know, fully, like allow me to complete my thought, my experience and, a, and a, welcome them to share their feedback. And the thing is when we're triggered, which a lot of like, I mean, the country, a lot of we're in like a trigger state right now. It's hard to come from a lot. I mean, I don't know that it's possible because you're in the emotion and you're, you're in this trigger, that fight or flight response to come from a logical, um, healthier way of being in that moment. And it's about, I feel like personal responsibility in this when we are triggered that we need to take time to be with that trigger and we need to question where why am I triggered where is this trigger coming from and a lot of it is tied back to our childhood when somebody said or did something then that we didn't feel safe and we haven't allowed that to be processed and a trigger is the key sign that there is something that needs to be looked at and something that needs to be healed and a lot of times like if you don't, if you haven't done the work of looking at your triggers and how to process them, you may not even know you're being triggered and Mm -hmm. you don't have that awareness yet. And you don't know what you don't know, but that still doesn't mean that you're not responsible for how you show up. And it's not the other person's fault that you feel that way. And that's where as an individual, if you're feeling triggered, you can let that person know, Hey, you know what you said, I feel triggered by that right now. And you guys could explore together why that's coming up for you and share your perspective. Like I feel triggered because this is making me feel like you don't care, or this is making me, which no one can make you feel anything, but this is how I feel about this and voicing that instead of just going into that fight or flight fight space and just reacting instead of taking time to respond and it's okay if you're in a conversation with someone to say hey you know what i need a minute i need to take some space right now because i feel triggered or i feel so much coming up that i don't know how to respond to you in a respectful manner and take that time and space for you to calm down and come back to a place where you can then respond with respect you don't have to respond or react in the moment and I think so many people maybe don't know that or they forget that it's okay to not have conversations when you're heated because that's just how they've operated their Mm -hmm. entire lives they haven't been modeled that or yeah a lot of that so that is
0: oh go ahead no uh, so some of what you said is, is also a, a part of the equation in my specific situation. I feel like it's important to work through triggers, work through, okay, we had this little incident. We need to talk about it. Like you need to know more about me and I need to know more about you. And I feel like a lot of times in a lot of You know, relationships whether they be spouse and spouse, or whether they be parent and child, or you know, whatever, there's the shutting down and the not communicating whatsoever,
2: right? Yeah, like you're 100% right, and that is because a lot of people haven't had that as their experience, it's not been modeled to them. They're acting from the reptilian part of their brain, they're acting from that hurt four-year-old or five-year-old self to where they just shut down and their parents may have never, like, didn't know that they needed to, like, rehash this conversation again. They're just like, okay, you know, little Bobby is not speaking up anymore, so it must be good. He's calmed down, so let's just move on in life. A, A lot of, I mean, I feel like even me growing up that way was just like, okay, we didn't talk about it again because it was just like, it's uncomfortable or you just think like, oh, it's done and over with now. Like they're not bringing it up. So we move on. And so sometimes people aren't going to respond the way that you would like them to. And it's you know, letting go of that attachment, but also like how can you maybe, you, like if you're hearing this conversation, there's a reason why. It's like you're the person that may have to be the one to bring it up again. And you may feel like, Why do I have to do that? Like, I'm always the person that has to be the bigger person or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I have felt that same way too at times. And it's because that's your role here this lifetime. Like you are the one that has the awareness. And so how can you support that person and model to them what hasn't been modeled to them? And if they're not willing to then have that conversation with you, you can't control that. Like you did your part. You did what you could do. You didn't let this just go by the wayside when you knew there was still a pressing issue. There was some unspoken thing that needed to be talked about. And that's all you can do is your best. Use the tools that you have. And if you're having um, issues with having communication, what resources can you then invest in to help you with better communication. I know there's a book, I believe it's called like Nonviolent Communication to like help you with how to have these conversations with people. So you're coming in like the most partnership type of way as opposed to like a hierarchy of like, I'm right, I know better, but expressing yourself. So yeah. (laughs) So one of the
1: really uh, fascinating things uh, is, Finding that that a lot of people have very differing opinions on how to handle these difficult conversations that we're We're having the opportunity to have right now And so a lot of people they end up feeling like they just can't say anything, right? So they don't say anything at all Yeah. Tell me like what what can people say? To have difficult conversations or, or when they don't know what to say in these moments.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's just saying the thing. And, you know, I've had friends reach out to me and they just say, hey, I don't know what to say. I don't know the right thing to say. I don't want to offend you or whatever they're feeling, but I want you to know I'm here for you, that I love you. I I may not know what to do, I'm willing to do something different. How can I be of support to you? How can I be of support to the world, the collective? And just being willing and being vulnerable in that because we don't have to know everything and we are gonna mess up. We're human, that's part of being human. We're gonna sometimes say the, the wrong thing. And it's about being willing for you to hear the feedback of what somebody is sharing with you, being open to receive that feedback. And then just being honest and vulnerable and saying those things that you're thinking, that you're feeling, and just saying, I'm coming. I want you to know this. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm, this is the best that I know how to do. This is what's on my heart. And I feel guided to share this with you. And I would love to share this. And if there's something that I say that you felt it didn't land well for you, can you please let me know what that is? And then you allow that person to express themselves and receive that because everybody is interpreting things through their own lens. And we Mm -hmm. all have a different lens based on all of our life experiences. Even myself being a black woman, my lens is different than a lot of other black people. And so I know like the conversations I'm having are very different than a lot of people. I've done, I'm not saying their conversations are wrong, but the work that I've done, it's been a lot of inner work to be able to see the bigger picture of things, to see the energy of things and to see where this is actually playing from. Is this coming from your elevated self, your highest self, or is this coming from a wound or a childhood wound or trauma or a trigger? And so I'm able to see a lot of things that maybe some other people aren't able to see. And that just comes with practice that comes with being open and willing to look within the things that are coming up for you. The things maybe you don't like about yourself, and be an objective viewer of how you show up in conversation and in situations and see if that's really truly how you wanna show up or is that just a conditioned response that you've seen your parents do or that that you've now learned and that's just how it's been. Even if that's how it's been, you can change that. So, you know, that was honestly
1: when I, I wrote a post where I just said, guys, I don't know what to say i know that i believe that that what happened was wrong um but all i know is is that i care and that i love you Mm -hmm. and and that i really that's all i want my black friends to know i love you guys i'm here and that um it was so hard because i felt like i'm supposed to say x y and z i'm supposed to say i'm supposed to be showing up and i'm supposed to be And so what I ended up doing was I ended up just saying, okay, what's the honest truth? What do I honestly want to say here? And I feel that most of us, we have kind hearts, we have good intentions. And I, I think about the fact that I'm never going to understand what it's like to be black and to deal with the trauma that happens when a police officer isn't good to you because you're black. Whatever that ends up looking like, whether you're being pulled over or worse, I will never understand that. Um, But there are things that I do understand. I do understand that I used to think that I understood what it was like to be sexually assaulted until it happened to me. And then I realized that the trauma of that was so much worse than anything I could have ever imagined. And that the years of trauma that follows it, they're so real. And so it, it helps me to put into a frame of reference, okay, so I might think that I understand like, oh, well, I've been pulled over, I've had stuff happen. But but the, the truth is, is that like, I the only thing that I can understand is that I can't understand. Mm. Um, and so how do we have conversations where we can say things like that? where we can say, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm able to have this conversation with you face to face. You know me, you know my heart, I know yours. We, we understand each other. Um, but if I was to go and I was to post something on Facebook and say, yeah, well, I have my own trauma that I understand, right? I would never do that. Let's start with that. I would never say that. But if I did that, it would be taken very differently than I might intend it and so what are your thoughts on how to have these conversations because I I believe that that it is important for us to speak up in whatever capacity that we're able to Um, but I also feel that people are repeating the same thing that everybody else is saying instead of saying what they really think and believe what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah that's a good question and the thing with it is it's just like with like the example you provided with sexual abuse right like if that hasn't happened to you you don't fully understand right and that's something that I've experienced so I can understand the trauma that happens with that right and so it's almost like speaking on the things that we we have experienced that we do know and not speaking trying to compare you know apples to oranges and so to speak right because i get like there may be well intention behind sharing like live experience trauma too yet this is in a different context right and so i feel like it's just knowing like saying like hey this isn't okay i don't stand for this i stand for you know quality and for everyone being treated like equally and respectfully and welcoming like how can i be a part of this change and seeing what resonates with you based on like the different feedback you receive and i feel like a lot of this is It's allowing people to speak their truth right now and just letting people speak. You know, like if you have a partner, a great friendship, whatever it is, like when somebody's upset with you or they're feeling a lot of things, not even with you personally, it's just allowing them that space to be, to hold space without saying anything, without trying to fix anything, just so they know that you're there for them. A lot of times that's enough. Like people just need to process that stuff in that moment because that's when they can come back to that place of groundedness and being in a state of then like, okay, how can we brainstorm of like what action to take next? Because when we're in these heightened emotional states, we're not in the rest and digest place in our bodies. And that's where we can make irrational decisions and choices. And you know, my belief with all of this that's going on, yes, there is some... There is obviously something going on um, that isn't right, 100%. But also there is something else going on when the media is just like parodying these things and putting it in our face over and over again, they have an agenda. And this agenda it has been division obviously so far because we can see that so many people feel like their way is the right way. Other people like, no, my way is the right way. And they're not hearing each other. And that is, that keeps us in a state of chaos. And that keeps us from resolution. And when we keep, when people keep reading like all of the stuff that's happening, watching the videos and things like that, that is trauma to our nervous system. Like no matter if you think I'm tough, I can watch this. It is affecting you on some level. And it's really being willing to, like, how, do, how can we stop, like, buying into that Black people are less than us, right? Because that's what the narrative is being preached, that, like, you know, ultimately, even if we don't believe that, there is this being preached in the media through everything, like, Black people don't have a fair shot, like, they're more targeted, all of these certain things. And that's where then we start believing, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like how can I help black people be accepted and not have to work as hard and to have the same impact in the world? Because that was this narrative that was preached to me from my parents because that was their experience. But then also it's like, if that's what we're being told and that's what we're being raised in, that's what we are going to experience. And so it begins with us examining our programs and our conditioning. And it's not to say you didn't experience those things, of course, like if you did, you did. And no one's not saying that, but that's where we have to begin rewriting our scripts, our stories of what do we want to experience? What is the change we want to experience? And to begin to create that narrative and come together with that and begin teaching that to, our children that are coming up and not that, oh, well, you know, Black people don't have it as good as us, Black people are more of a target, you know, all these things to where like now that's what they're being imprinted with and that's how they're seeing the world through their lens as Black people are disadvantaged. And I say this again, I'm not discrediting what, you know, people have experienced because there's been times I've experienced some forms of racism, but... For me personally, I ha- I haven't been scared to be black in the sense like I have not been scared to get pulled over. I've been scared because it's a police officer and I'm like, holy shit, like right. I don't want like, oh my gosh, like if I get to go to jail, like what's going to happen, but not because of the color of my skin. When I just remember like hearing that as a child and I didn't want to believe what my mom was telling me because some part of me didn't feel like that was right. And why did that have to be true for me? I hadn't experienced that. And I remember telling my mom that as a young child, and she was just like, well, you just don't get it. You don't understand. You'll just see. And it's just like, it doesn't have to continue that way. And I know, you know, me coming from this spirituality space, me coming from this like personal responsibility space of, I get how things cycles continue. And People don't want to hear this, but the cycles continue with us and the cycles continue with what we're then sharing with our families and what we're sharing with our friends. And so I've had, it's been interesting because a part of me is like, I know this is happening, yet I can see why this is happening. And yes, there are powers at be that want to keep us divided, that are preaching this narrative to keep us separated and to keep black people down. But we get to choose out of that. And people may say, that's privilege. That's privilege. Yet that is what's going to like that beginning to be open to that mindset and to see where our beliefs are coming from and take personal responsibility. That's where the change is going to happen. If we keep thinking everything is outside of us, that somebody else has to change, somebody else has to do something different for us. That is, it's entitlement and we are giving our power away to say that everyone needs to act this way and do these things for us. We need to do these things for ourselves. Like it starts with us, about us reclaiming our power and about us being willing to do the work and rewriting this narrative and to no longer buy into this, the systematic stuff that is being like vomited all over us because if we technically look at what's going on in the world black people do have the same rights if we there's not a law or something in place that says that we don't have the same rights like if we if you know if people want to say it's the system like if we look at that that is technically the same but our experiences are what is different our experiences are what is the differentiating factor and what's showing up. And why is it that some Black people are able to not be a part of that and others are? Yes, there's cultures, there's communities that that is the cycle, that is the pattern, but it's because that's been the pattern and they have not been shown or taught anything else to break that pattern or cycle. They may not even know that that can be stopped. They don't know that you don't know what you don't know. I get, like, I totally get that. But at the same time, this, all of this is calling us to take personal responsibility for where we've showed up in our lives and how we can begin, how we, each of us as individuals can be part of that change.
1: Yeah, so I like so much that you said. Me Um, too. (laughs) one of the things that that's been on my mind a lot and it's one of those things that I've I've thought like oh I wish that I could like and I, I keep saying I wish I could which I can I could I could go talk about these things um but when when I think about the law of attraction when I think about um when I think about NLP when I think about the science of beliefs that sort of thing uh one thing that's that is always taught is you need to focus on creating what you actually want instead of putting your focus on what you don't want. Right. And that is uh, so, so everybody talks about privilege and I've seen people posting, like, I'm disgusted by my privilege. I am, I am sad that everybody doesn't have the same privilege that I have. I am sad that that's not the case. And I will fight for people to be able to have the same privilege that I have. I'm not disgusted by privilege, the, the privileges, if we dissect it and say, okay, it's my privilege that I can carry a weapon and then I don't get shot. Yep. That's actually something I want for everybody. It's my privilege that I can drive in any neighborhood and I don't get pulled over by police asking why I'm in that neighborhood. That's a privilege I want for everybody. It's my privilege that if I get arrested, I'm, my life isn't in danger that's a privilege I want for everybody. So the thought that just keeps coming to my mind as somebody that has focused so much on on neuroscience is why are we demonizing having these rights that everybody should have instead of focusing on how do we create these rights across the board for everybody? Um, And and that's the, the thing that like, I, I wish that people understood how much the words that they're using is creating the reality. Uh It's creating the reality.
2: It's so deep. And the thing is, it's like the people who, you know, I set the intention before I, like when I woke up today and before I came on this podcast that, you know, the perfect people receive this message today. And it's not to say like, you just ignore things, right? Because that's bypassing, right? Like I've done that in the past, like in my spirituality journey, I'm just like, Oh, what I focus on expand, so I'm not going to pay attention to that. Well, yeah. Like that doesn't yeah. work either. Right. Yeah. And so it's, this is deep. It's generational. It's been in the DNA. And that's why it's like the, like the planet is literally calling for a new way of being. And that's why all of this stuff is coming up now. Mm-hmm. And it's, I almost like what I've been seeing and noticing, like I do my best. I really don't go on social media very often. It's more like, Hey, let me post and let me get off of here. i um, just being very sensitive and empathic and just being able to feel all of these things. But I almost feel like we're creating like this thing, like we're, Now we're saying like white people aren't able to speak up what they want to speak because they don't get it. They need to just be quiet. Like, I've seen like black people like putting that kind of stuff, and it's just like, what? Like, what now we're going to oppress them? Yeah. And this makes no sense to me. Like, what are we doing? Like, that's the interesting (laughs) thing, though, for me
1: has been, though, that like it's for me, it's not been black people saying that, it's white people coming and telling me as a white person I can't talk. Interesting. And so, so it's, uh, you know, like all of my black friends have been like so amazing. And, um, you know, it's been uh, incredible to watch them like share their stories, share their experiences. But most of the people that I have had those conversations where it's, it's like, I'm coming in to shut your voice down. It's primarily in my Facebook been
2: white women. And that's so interesting. Like it's almost like I don't know the exact words to call it, but I know in the Black community, like, probably the most racism I've received is probably from other Black people. I remember just growing up, and that's really interesting to hear. Like growing up because I grew up in like a, like a middle class town here in Chandler, Arizona. Like you know what? I went to a private school, and so when I transitioned to public school, it was because they one of the teachers was racist at the school and my parents didn't want me to experience racism. And so it was like, okay, like we're moving Nicole out of the school before she gets with this teacher, which it was like, I remember hearing this and I didn't really fully get it. And it was just like, okay, I guess this is, I move to this other school. Um, and I remember like going to this other school, like I've, I've, I mean, that's who I grew up with was primarily white people. So that's what like, That's my norm. And I had made friends with this uh, amazing black um, student at the time and she invited me over to hang out with the black people right and I just remember being so criticized like from when I showed up like talking about like how my legs were ashy and I needed some lotion, talking about how I talked. I talked like I was white and like hearing that from other black people for a large majority of my life that I talked white, that I acted like I was white. And it was just like, I'd never understood that because for me, it was like, I am just being me. I don't know anything else to be except myself. And that, that's where I could see there's a lot of division within the own, like within the black community against other black people. And it's like, we, I've noticed that, that it's like hard to like, come it can be hard to come together with other African-American people because they have their own prejudices against you not being black enough or being too privileged as a black person or whatever type of thing. And it almost seems like now they're, Like, it's transitioning to, like, the white community of, like, right now in this time, which is just keeping us divided. Like, nobody should be told that they need to sit down and keep their mouth shut. If you have something to say, you are allowed to freaking say it. Like, you you are an individual. You are a human. You are a person. You should not be told what you can say and what you cannot say. If people don't like it, that's okay. You can keep scrolling on Facebook, you know, like that's an option. Like you don't have to comment on everything you see and you don't have to give energy to every single thing. Like some things it's okay to just be like, Oh, I don't agree with this instead of having to like bring a fight into everything. Right. Or tell other people how they need to show up or be, because you're not them. Like you're not in control of anybody else, but yourself, like, police yourself, like that's ultimately what it is. And if you wanna have a conversation with what somebody's saying, like come in a, like a loving space of wanting to understand, like, why are you speaking up about this? Like, I would love to get insight to know like more about why you feel the way that you do. So you can understand as opposed to just saying, nope, you need to sit down and shut up. Like that never goes over well with anyone. If anyone tells you to sit down and shut up and that your voice does not need to be heard in this, how would you feel? And it's just so interesting. Like, this is an interesting time we're in, yet I know this is going, like, it's changing things. People are riled, like, they're riled up. And this is going to change things. And just, I feel like my role in this matter is to keep sharing this other side. And for those of the people who are ready to receive this message, they're going to receive it and they're going to begin to go within. They're going to begin to do their own inner work of how they can show up as the best version of themselves. So then they can affect change from a loving place, from an empowered place, as opposed to like a victim state place or control.
0: I have so much. <laughs> How long you got, Nicole? You got an I hour?
1: No, <laughs> I I, I'm like sitting here. I'm like, I could go for like three more hours.
0: I have so many things. <laughs> Unbelievable. So a couple of things for me is I love what you said. Yeah. When you said anybody can has the ability to change their mindset, right? Because what happens inside here, yeah, there are outside influences and, and stuff like that. But really, we're only we're the only ones in control of that, right? Yeah. So I love that. And I think that that is absolutely giant. Um, and I appreciate you, you bringing that to the forefront and you reminding me of that because that's, that's really important. I also wanted to mention or, or bring you back to that time when you spoke about um, you know how your parents told you, hey, eventually this is gonna happen to you too or how you had described that. Um, And I think a lot of that happens, no matter what color you are, what walk of life you are. I think that our parents do sort of project their experiences and their ideas and and those situations onto us as, as a natural kind of thing. And that's something that as a parent, I'm really sensitive about. And I really look at because I know, and maybe you don't know what you don't know, right? So I know what some of my things are that I don't want to pass on to my son. I want to break the cycle now. I, I don't want to pass this stuff on to my son. So I'm really, really sensitive about it. And I think a lot of people are not. And, and the awareness really is not there because if I tell my kid over and over and over and over and over that he's dumb, he's going to be dumb. And if I tell him over and over and over and over and over that he's smart, he's going to be smart. And this is just what I believe you know, a personal experience of mine and where I have such great pride is, you know, when you watch kids play in the playground, especially little, little, little kids, and you watch them at preschool. So my experience comes from when my son was in preschool and in kindergarten, they don't do life like we do. life. (laughs) There is no color. There is no affluence or poor. There is no hey, are you a kid? I'm a kid. Let's go play. Yeah, And that's how it is. And in fact, I've had teachers pull me aside. You know, you have the parent teacher conferences and stuff. And I've had teachers say to to both Matt and I, I don't know what you're doing at home, but every time there's a child that maybe is sitting alone at lunch, um, whether he's I mean, my son has black friends, friends from India, Asian friends, like the whole bit, like no matter what, it's if it's a white kid or what. Your son goes over and sits with them. My son actually is, is so friendly and so caring and so passionate about others and their feelings. He sees none of that. He and and I think to myself, and I ask Madam, like, well, what are we doing? I think it's what we're not doing, really. I think it's what we're not doing. I think we're allowing him to and just being like, yeah, cool, people are people. And teaching him to have his own, you know, personal boundaries. Obviously, if somebody abuses you in some manner, then you know, that's a different story. But I think it's what we're not doing. And I mean, that kid's my pride and joy. And for a teacher to say to me, hey man, like this stands out to me. This is this is like exceptional behavior. I'm like, wow, what if, what if everybody didn't do that? What if everybody was just like, hey, you're a kid, they're a kid, cool. You know what I mean? It's just like, it would be such a different place. So I just wanted to share that experience because it really hit for me and I really love that you said it. And then my last thing, I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, um, but my last thing is, what kind of inner work would you suggest somebody in my situation i explained to you a little bit about what happened over the weekend that wants to have an understanding with this other party but let's just say that other party is not necessarily meeting at the table like what kind of inner work could i do
2: so the first thing that came to mind for me is writing a letter writing a letter to this person to their highest self because you know we have like ourselves that are here coming from like our human minds and then we have this our highest self like our soul essentially that is all loving that doesn't have all the conditioning and things like that and i would say like to write a letter to that person with where you're coming from. And so you can process this, but their highest self, like their energy, because we're all made up of energy, energy never ne- can never be destroyed. Like this person's going to receive that message, whether they consciously know it or not, they're going to receive it. And it's really powerful okay I've manifested like I manifested a partner writing a letter to I didn't even know who this person was going to be and I wrote a letter but that can really like help with softening things but then also like checking in like how are you feeling about this like why is it that I feel like this person really needs to understand that I'm this way Mm -hmm. um why do they need to know my point of view as opposed to me just being okay with just being and like trusting that like you, like coming from this place of knowing like, I am not that, you know? And like, how can I begin to detach from what I feel like this person, what this means about me or what this means to me and being willing to get curious about like, how can this just be that it just is and have compassion where this person's coming from, because that's what it's about. Like people are only operating right from their own lenses, from their own experience and having compassion from what lens they're operating from, because you don't fully know their lens and what prescription they're seeing through when they're interpreting what you received and having compassion that that person is being triggered, obviously, right. In some way and -hmm. that they have their work to do, but can you come to a place of resolve within yourself without, hey, if things, if I can never get my point of view across, this person thinks I'm this way, like, can you be okay with that? And if not, writing, like journaling, writing it out, like, what does, what do I feel like this means about me? Writing like unfiltered, and then reading through that and really getting clear on like, what is the truth? Is this really true? Does it mean I'm this way? Does it mean this about our relationship? Like, can we still move on and move forward from this? Even if like they can't hear me in this in this topic, in this arena, are you okay with the relationship continuing on? Like getting clear about like what's okay for you, where you can be at a resolved place and sending love to them. Like really when people are, like have outbursts and they don't treat you well they're hurt it's that saying like hurt people hurt people people. and Mm -hmm. they don't I'm you know I doubt that was their intention right to like come from that place to hurt you Right. right um and just coming to that place of resolve and that may take some time or it could be something that you move through a little bit quicker Um, but I would really like get curious on like, what do I feel like this means about me? Like having this be like how it is and things like that.
0: I, I I love that a lot. Um, and I, I love the opportunity. So there's a silver, silver lining to everything. Right. And so the silver lining to me right now is looking in internally. It really is. And it's like, okay, what don't I know that I can fix here? And so I love that idea of, you know, just being unfiltered because I don't necessarily like need to send a letter. Right. I don't want to No.
2: Oh yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, This is a letter just for you to process things that are coming through. Yes. (laughs) Got you. Got you. That is
0: a lot uh, easier.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and my armpits
0: aren't so sweaty. Um, <laughs> but I love that silver lining and I love that opportunity to learn learn about myself because, I mean, let's face it, we're humans, we're not all perfect, we're not always right. What does right even mean? I don't even know. What's normal even mean? I don't even know. Um, but we can continue, like, you know, I was having a great conversation with one of my aunts this morning and, um, you know, she said, something that i've heard all my life but it just really stuck with me this morning and she said once you stop growing it's it's like it's over it's just you know once you stop growing as a person life as you know it's like done and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me until we are having this conversation now it's just funny how the universe works Um I
1: do have one more question and I'm sorry, my, my kids are in the background, but we're going to- Wait, are you it. a
0: mom? No way. I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so so one thing that some of my friends uh, have been talking about that's been on my mind is like, what what's going to be different from for you after this? After the headlines are gone, after uh, protests are gone, after everything has passed, how are you going to be showing up different and what are you gonna be doing differently? And so I've been thinking about that and I have such a difficult time with it because you know, I have intentionally made sure that I have women of color on my stage when I have an event, but I don't choose you because of the color of your skin. I choose you because you ta- you teach about a topic and you teach it in a way that, it matters to me. And so people have talked about like implementing policies in the business to ensure equality and that sort of thing. And I have cognitive dissonance about this because if I'm only including you so that my policies are upheld,
2: is it equality? Yeah, I have never jived with that. I remember when I worked for a big um, company, when I worked in my corporate America days, it was, what did they call it? I forgot what it's called. But like, they have a policy like that in a lot of big companies where like, they want a certain percentage of minorities and leadership and all of this kind of stuff. Um, affirmative action programs. And I always thought I'm like, what is this? This seems like straight up bullshit. I do not want to be chosen just because I'm black. And that was something that was coming up for me today. I'm like, I don't want people just supporting me or buying stuff like coaching with me or buying, like investing in my services because I'm black. I want you to invest in yourself because you believe that I can provide value to help you transform your life, to be the best version of yourself. And you vibe with my energy and how I can be of support for you. Like, no, thank you. Like, I've just like, and that's something I want to post about because I see people. It's like, well, you need to support more black owned businesses. And my thing is like, if you have a shitty product and you have not like, I'm not going to buy from you just because you're black, I'm going to like, and maybe it's been like, oh, I didn't know you even existed, Nicole. Like, I really do love what you do. And you happen to be black. I would love to invest working with you totally like, yes, let's do it. But like, I don't like, I'm not looking for like a handout or just to be put somewhere as the token black person. Like that's me personally. Whereas other people are like, I should be receiving discounts because I'm black, black, like certain black people. It's like, they feel like they should be receiving reparations for slave days. Like, you know, all of these things where it's like, you weren't enslaved by the people who are here that are alive. Like, you know, it's like, it's almost like this sense of entitlement in a sense for something that happened in the past that didn't happened to them specifically directly. Yes. Indirectly. It may have happened to you. Yes. It's in our DNA and it's generational. So yes, there are things that do need to be healed, but nobody owes us anything. Like we owe it to ourselves to come to a place of resolve and healing to where that's no longer affecting us in our lives anymore.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you you bring that up yesterday. Um, I have, Uh, there's a health coach who she's black that I've followed for years and years and years. And uh, yesterday I was just watching a video that she had put out about like what's going to change after all of this is over. And I'm watching her video and she says, um, she's like, I am not an activist. I am not, you know, the person to talk to you and teach you and educate you on this. I, if you need, if you need meal plans or help meal planning, then I'm your girl. If you need help, getting your booty tight then I'm your girl and I was like I actually do need help with meal plans and I was like well is it going to look like I'm just coming to do this meal plan thing with her just because I have weird white guilt or something like that and so like I had to actually sit there and I'm like why why do I want to buy from her like and I'm sitting there thinking and then finally I was like because I need help with meal plans. That's why I want to buy from her. And I have followed her for years and years.
2: And I never knew she did meal plans until this one video. Right? Yeah. I'm so glad that you're speaking to that because that's been coming up for me. Right? Because it's like, I am more visible right now. Right? More people are listening to what I have to say. And so a part of me has been like, I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to capitalize on a tragedy because that's definitely not what I'm trying to do also I'm like if more people want to work with me and they happen to be white that's great like you know like cool like and it's just like the fact that it's like we're like oh my gosh am I just doing this now because of this person's race I'm just like that's there's something not right about that like we should be if we're being exposed to more people of color, that is so amazing. Take a look at their work. There may be something that you they can actually help you with. And I love that we're having this conversation about race because I feel like, you know, just in the 1950s, we wouldn't have been having this open conversation and that this is part of the healing. This is part of the work that needs to be done. And it's going to take us coming together to do this work for white people to receive services from black people and vice versa and all people of color, because there's these energetic imprints that we all have that by working with certain people, there's a reason why we're called to work with certain people because they're, I mean, I'm just gonna go there. Like we have these soul contracts before we incarnate in this lifetime of certain people we're gonna connect with, that we're gonna meet, that they have specific medicine for you to receive in your own healing. And it's like this obviously had to happen for us to be exposed to people that are here to help us with receiving that medicine to support our own healing and. It sucks that somebody had to be murdered. It sucks that any of this shit has had to happen to get to this point. But I believe every single thing happens for a reason because you can't believe some things happen for a reason and others don't. If you believe everything happens for a reason then every single thing happens for a reason. And it's getting us to have these conversations. It's getting us to talk more openly about race, something that's been so taboo. And I feel like this is just going to lead to us opening up to talking about more things like sex is another thing that's so taboo to talk about yet. That's where like our most powerful creative energy comes from. And so it's like just giving, it's like giving us the permission that we, that we never needed to receive in the first place, but it's like, now we have this permission slip to be able to share this information and have these conversations in an open loving space.
0: hmm a hundred percent. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that was <laughs> thorough and to the point and
1: awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I'm just like at a loss for words in a great way. So seriously, Nicole, this has been, honestly, this has been an opportunity for me to heal. And I really appreciate what you've, you've helped Beth and I with just in this last hour, um, and it's been an opportunity for me, you know, like I mentioned, to reflect on a lot of things that is probably time to reflect on. So I, from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate your time today.
2: Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and being willing to have this conversation today.
0: Absolutely. I hope we get to see you on the show again because I I I love your attitude. I love your chemistry. I love where you come from. I know I adore you. <laughs> right you're I, we just do. like when i saw you in may and beth had told me like she goes up there no script no no nothing she just speaks because she's an intuitive coach and she that's how she rolls and i'm like okay, I got to see this. (laughs) I was having a (laughs) panic attack,
1: guys. I had a panic attack because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm hosting my own event. Like 10 minutes into her talk, I'm like, your time's up. And then like somebody next to me was like, she has 45 more minutes, Beth. I'm like, oh, I can't tell time anymore. Like I am in that state of panic right here.
0: So (laughs) Nicole just rolled with it. She was so good. (laughs) The message that you delivered was so concise and so... Uh, just so perfect. And, and I, and I know that that's cause that's what you do. And, and I know that that's because you 100% and correct me if I'm wrong, you believe in the power of the universe and, and yourself. And that's what it delivered that day. And today it delivered the same. And I, I really thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I received that. <laughs> All right, best. Oh,
1: I just adore you. I'm so grateful that you're here and and sharing. Wow. Thank you. So um, thank you. So what do we want people to do, Beth? We want you to go to your favorite podcasting platform of your choice. Uh, We prefer iTunes because it's best for us. Uh, And (laughs) what we need you to do is we need you to to rate review subscribe and download these episodes please 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 download even if you don't listen to all of them download them all because it helps our numbers so that we're able to reach more moms like you uh and move forward with our mission of mom nation being a home for moms so
2: (sighs) and follow me um, yes, if you're on yes. facebook or instagram <laughs> thank you thank nicole you called well and it nicole spelled n-i-c-h-o-l-l-e and i you can find me on facebook um and on instagram so yeah yes yes awesome and so
0: if somebody wants to work with you somebody has questions with you if somebody wants to continue this conversation they can just message you on either of those platforms
2: yes ma'am
0: awesome awesome i love it well thank you nicole
2: thanks
0: Thanks for being here here. yeah my pleasure have a great day bye Bye. ladies moms with aspiration moms are inspirations moms in circulation moms at their workstations they make a nation this is a mom nation